I want to thank God for this opportunity to be able to share with you. Uh, it's not something that I, I would say I really want. It's one of those things that you're plucked out and I said you have to come up here. And uh, that's one of the points of arguing with Pastor Abraham. I said, why will I have to come to the front and uh, share a message with people? I, you know, um, it's by God's grace. It's by God's grace. I believe any one of you can be here to share. All the authority and the rema comes from God above. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. I want to give God the glory for that because it's by his own doing that I'm here. I also want to thank uh, my beautiful wife for allowing me to be here. Uh, I think Pastor Sean mentioned it also. His wife has been a bedrock for him. And I've seen that. For her, for a man to be away from the house for that long, in God's house, you need a strong woman. You need a very, very strong woman that will say the needs of the church comes first. And I want to thank my wife for sharing me with the church. Believe me, if she wasn't going to share me with the church, I won't be here. Because my first calling is to be a priest in my home. But she has given me that availability and that release. And I want to say I thank you for that. Second point is, new person on the block, you might want to say, what does he have to say? What message does he have to say? Is he dressed well? Can he hear his accent? You know, but please don't look at me. Look at the word that God is giving you. You come to church, I want you to look at the cross. This is a fantastic church that has a cross behind you. And that's why I want you to look at him and see what he has for you. There's no time that I've come expectant to the household of God that I have not been able to get a word. And I hope everybody is expectant. Because one way or the other, I believe God will reach you where you are in the mighty name of Jesus. So let's just go to the, word, Lord, uh, to the Lord in prayer. Whatever you're trusting God for, just keep an open mind. Say, Lord, speak to me today. Lord, as I've come before your presence, Father Lord, I've come empty. Drop a word for me, Father Lord. Change my situation today, Father Lord. Lord, as the word comes from, from the altar, Father Lord, help me to connect with your word, Father Lord. Lord, I pray, I pray that as I sit down there, Father Lord, you will meet me at my point of need. Church, I want you to pray because if you don't come expectant, there is no way the Lord will meet you. It might be in praise or worship. The Lord has already started speaking. Now it's only time for the message. And at a time for the message like this, we need to be able to connect. Lord, I ask us that you leave, they will look at the cross, Father Lord. All the people here, Father Lord, they will look at the cross. The congregation will look at the cross. Father Lord, may I also look at the cross, Father Lord. Father Lord, we say thank you. Lord, even as we share this word, Lord, we pray that we shall go back fulfilled. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Uh, I'm very aware we have a very diverse uh, audience congregation today. We have our children with us. You know, so the message that I'm going to share with you is more of an illustration to be able to uh, to narrate what God has for us in our lives. One thing about the Lord Savior Jesus Christ was that he used parables, I believe, to explain the simple things. You know, so a parable can be a story that has a heavenly meaning or a divine meaning in your life. 
you know. Now, I'm going to use our illustrations just to try and make us focus on some of the things that God has given us in this life that we will be able to apply it in our life. I mean, the first thing I always say that if anybody says there's no God, you just, I mean, it's, it's very foolish. You just look out there. You look at nature and you know there's a God. And nature always combines itself with the gospel. I've never seen nature being adverse with God's word. And that's why anything God has put on there, you, you should be able to see God inside there. Young adults, please, I know some of you have your mobiles, phones, whatever it is. Please try and pay attention. Ushers, I think uh, if anybody is on the games, please, you can collect the tablet. I think I can, I can give it out to somebody that might need it in a better place. So let's play. Let, I mean, we'll, we'll go along that. Now, I'll be sharing about Arum. Have you heard the word Arum before? Uh, anybody have a slice? Anybody know what Arum is? Okay, thanks, Doc. He knows. Or AU. Anybody knows what AU is? Getting there? Yes? Yes, exactly. The young man says gold. Next slide, please. I'll be sharing about pure gold. Pure gold. Undiluted gold. 100% gold. Praise the Lord. I know some of you are looking at me and saying, ah, this title is not born again. <laughs> There's a word for you in season. Praise the Lord. Do I, how many? Okay, let me see by show of hands. How many people are wearing anything of gold? Gold item here. Raise up your hands. If you're wearing anything of gold, please don't be shy. Don't be shy. Okay. Is that all? Come on, ladies. How many people are wearing gold items? Come on, come on, come on. Yes, now I can see at least 90% of the people that raise up their hands are ladies. I don't expect it to be different. Now, how many people know how it's manufactured or how it's produced? I see. <laughs> it's very, from, from where I'm standing, you'll see it's very different. 90% that are wearing it are ladies. 90% that know how it's manufactured are men. The ones that are wearing it are different from the ones that have knowledge how it's manufactured. Praise the Lord. It's an interesting thing, you know. You know, one of the things is, I'll take you through how gold is produced because that is my field. That's my secular field. I'm a metallurgist, a materials engineer. Uh, there were some people I expected to see them raising their hands. If you don't know, Pastor, Pastor Sean, Pastor Steve, these were all people that were metallurgists until they left the faith and joined some more lucrative uh, career choices. But I didn't see them raising their hands. That means they are totally left. You know, they are totally left that field. But uh, I'll try and use that to just try and describe what it is. One of the things is it's found in rock. It's mined and it's extracted. That's the first thing about gold, isn't it? It's naturally found, isn't it? But the process can be very long and expensive. For one ton of gold, for one ton of sand, you can get six grams of gold. So imagine one ton and only six grams is what you can get. Now, but first of all, as it's in there, you have to crush everything. You have to make it, everything back into powdery form. First of all, for you to be able to extract it, it's just not, you just don't go and pluck it and come back. You have to really, really crush it. 
and then we go undergo some mineral processing procedures. Am I correct? Okay. You wash the oil with water. A lot of water has to be used. Okay. And after a lot of water has been used, you also have to leach it. You also have to add other chemicals to try and get the heavy gold out. Because the gold is heavier than some of the raw metals that you have. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Okay. As you start removing these pieces of gold, you can see them within those alluvial points. points. Then you have to melt them in a furnace. You have to put it in the fire and you have to melt it at extreme temperatures. Now, as you're melting it, the impurities come to the front, to the top, isn't it? Because the impurities have a lower density than gold. They come up to the top, they float to the top. It's like you putting some things inside water that cannot mix water. It comes up to the top. Praise the Lord. And as this slag, as it's called, or dross, comes to the top, you have to remove it. Sometimes you also have to add other things inside it that will make up all this dirt come out from the molten gold that you have. And now this is called deslagging. Now this is removed from the top part of the gold before you pour it in. Now, is it a one-step process? This step is repeated over and over again until you get the pure gold. Melting it up, adding additives, is a long and laborious process. But this gold must enjoy this heat. The process is tedious, it's expensive. Because the reason why is there are some blemishes that can be found in that, in that material. That if it's not taken out, you cannot see with the naked eye, it's not taken out, it will give you a problem, a lower quality problem. I work in the oil and gas industry. And most of the failures that you have is usually from a manufacturing defect that has been overlooked. You might have a metal, a crack inside it, is producing perfectly into a valve, into a pipe, one way or the other, non-destructive examination does not get it, and then you put it out there and it fails from a manufacturing defect. And that is the reason why we have to go through this process over and over again. After this, the soft gold becomes very soft, pliable, and can be formed into various objects like what our ladies are wearing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, that is just an overview. Now, for those that cannot understand my English, I've decided to just play a five-minute clip just for you to have a visualization of what we're, we're talking about. Please, if you can just play that clip for me. Five minutes, please. Gold is the softest and most malleable metal. It can be pressed extremely thin, crafted into various shapes, even drawn out to form a fine wire, and all without breaking. Gold isn't affected by water or oxygen as many metals are, so it doesn't rust or tarnish either. Most gold comes from load deposits, also called vein deposits, concentrations of gold and other metals in the cracks of rocks. Load deposits require hard rock mining, the process of removing gold-bearing rock, called ore, by drilling and blasting. Miners descend more than half a kilometer underground. 
there, they drill holes for explosives using what's called a long-hole air drill. They drill in a specific pattern set out in a plan prepared by the mine's engineers. The engineers know exactly where those veins of gold are, thanks to the mining company's geologists who studied ore samples. The company collects these samples by drilling deep into the rock at 15 meter intervals. These diamond drill cores, as they're called, are up to 100 meters long and measure 3.5 centimeters in diameter. Gold in its natural state isn't pure. It's usually intertwined with silver and other metals. So the mined ore has to be processed afterward to isolate and extract the gold. A metric ton of ore yields only about 6.5 grams of gold. After blasting the rock apart with explosives, miners use what's called a muck machine to transfer the ore to cars headed to the main shaft and then above ground to the mill. There, a crusher reduces the large chunks into smaller rocks about the size of road gravel. A mill then pulverizes them to the texture of beach sand. The factory adds a water and cyanide solution, then another mill grinds it further into a mud-like pulp. The pulp flows into large settling tanks. The wet solids being heavier sink to the bottom. The water at the top drains to another area. They transfer the wet solids to an agitation tank and blow in air. The oxygen sets off a chemical reaction between the cyanide and the gold trapped in the ore, triggering the gold to dissolve and leach into the surrounding water. Drum filters then separate the water from the solids. This water now joins the water that was separated earlier. They pour in zinc powder to solidify the dissolved gold and form pieces containing both zinc and gold. To smelt it into bars, they first have to mix several chemicals. Manganese dioxide, fluorite, silica flour, borax, and sodium nitrate. This chemical mix, called flux, will separate the gold from the impurities. They pour it into the smelter, whose temperature is a fiery 1600 degrees Celsius. They rotate the smelter so that the contents heat evenly. Over two and a half hours, the heavier gold eventually sinks to the bottom, while the impurities, called slag, float to the surface. They pour out the slag, taking a sample to make sure it contains no gold. If it does, it goes back in until it's gold-free. By now, the gold has cooled slightly, so they reheat to 1600 degrees Celsius, then cast into bar-shaped molds. The gold takes about four minutes to solidify, then another hour to cool completely in a basin of cold water. They extract the gold bars from the molds and clean off any slag residue. Gold bars are also called ingots. At this stage, the gold is 80% pure. The Royal Canadian Mint will refine it to 99.9%, .9%, the international gold standard. Praise the Lord.
Now, that's just an overview. Now, let's go to the word. Open with me, please, to your to the book of Yahweh Remembers, chapter 13, verse 7 to 9. That's another quiz, yeah? Kids, do, who knows what Yahweh Remembers means? Zechariah, chapter 13, verse 7 to 9. That's what Zechariah means, Yahweh Remembers. Maybe I should do a quiz at the end of the day and give a prize. Yeah? So Yahweh, uh, Yahweh remembers Zechariah 13, 7 to 9. It says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones. And it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two thirds in that shall be cut off and die, but one third shall be left in it. I will bring the one third through the fire. Will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them and I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. The day of the Lord. Praise the Lord. The setting of this, of course, you know, was uh, Israel was taken as captive to Babylon. And at that particular point in time, the, uh, the Babylonians held the Israelites captive. And to Cyrus, the Persian king, at that time, conquered Babylon. And when he conquered Babylon, he gave the Israelites the chance to go back and rebuild the city. And that's when Zechariah went back to them. But when they went back, they were not living in the ways of the Lord. And at that time, Zechariah was trying to encourage them to turn from their own ways, to remain focused on God. And he gave that analogy. But that analogy also had a manifestation at the later time when Jesus Christ will come. They will strike the shepherd and they will, they will disappear. If you go to Matthew 26, 56. Matthew 26, 56. And that was the time also, if you go to Matthew 26, that was when they came to arrest Jesus. And when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter struck one of the people that came to arrest him. And Jesus was telling him there's no need for that because he had a father in heaven who could strike these people down. But all this was done that the scripture of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Zechariah promised it and it came to happen. Now one of the synonymous things is this was predicted several years ago. And that happens in our day-to-day life. We might have situations that will strike us and then the most important, the first thing we do is we scatter, we divide, we run away. And that's why I'm here to tell you, I'm here to explain to you that your lifespan, maybe 70, 80, 100 years, is a process. It's a work in progress. It's like starting from iron ore and a finished product is expected. Praise the Lord. It's a journey. It's a journey. If you make it, look at the illustration of gold that you have. At the beginning, you're there. You're among the all. I come from a country of about 200 million people. And how many of us are in Oman? 500. Maybe. Some come from India. 1.4 billion now. Maybe I'm not, I'm not too sure thereabouts. And then you have uh, maybe uh, some hundreds of thousands here in Oman. 
So you're mixed. You're crushed. You're among the general public. But how does God find out gold that is inside there? How does he relocate you that you're inside the whole general iron ore, the general public? That's one thing you have to know. That God is in the business of trying to identify that. And one of the first things is you have to be saved. We saw the pictures, they were sieving. If you go to local people where they do gold, they take iron pans and they sieve in it. But here you saw the mechanized part. You have to be sieved, you have to be leached. You have to leave where you are. You have to go where you are. Where God asks you to go. It may require you leaving family, leaving career, and leaving your church. That's why I'm not sad about goodbyes. Our pastor is leaving. But believe me what I've said, I said we're going to meet again. Praise the Lord. We're going to meet again because it's all a process. If you go to Genesis 37, 22, 28. The Midianite traders passed on, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Left to Joseph, Joseph would now have left home. He had a special robe. His father favored him. His mother favored him. Why did he need to leave? But he needed to separate himself from his family. If he did not separate himself from his family, there is no way Joseph would have become the prime minister. But the only thing is God added a touch of humor. He made his brothers be the ones to separate him. My brethren, you might have to leave your family to reach where God has asked you to reach. You might have to leave your families to reach where God has asked you to reach. You might have to leave your reals to reach where God has asked you to. The disciples left their careers to follow Jesus. Saul left his law practice to follow Jesus. I'm standing here today because I left certain people to be where I am. And I have no regrets. I have a lot of friends we grew up together with. But I had to leave to take where God took me to. Go to Daniel 1, 1, 8, please. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would defile himself, not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested that the chief of the Enoch's that he might not be defiled himself. He separated himself out. I'm not going to eat this food. So expect to leave. Please expect to leave. It's very, very important to get where God wants you to go. Praise the Lord. Part of the process, he said, it was refined at greater than 1,065 degrees C. Believe me, that temperature is hot. The worst burn you can have is a hot iron. Ladies are in the house. Hot pot. You know how it is. Now imagine that melt molten metal. I worked for a while in a foundry and I still have a scar at the back. Just a splash. A little splash, but the pain in that, I've never seen that kind of pain before. Job is a good example of being in that kind of mess. Lost everything. But yet, he was there in the fire. I'll give a story. Maybe you, some of you have heard it. There was a man called Horatio Spatford. He lived between 1828 to 1888. He was a Chicago lawyer. Very wealthy. A wife. Four kids. One daughter. He made a lot of money. He had a lot of good friends within the Christian society. Dwight Moody was one of his friends. 
right, Moody, you know, Moody Bible College, Moody, Moody Printing Press. And Irasanke also was some of the circles he moved around. In these days, maybe if you're in Nigeria, you'll say he was moving with uh, Papa Deboe, uh, Bishop Oedipo, and all those great men of God. That was the circle he was moving in. At the height of his financial and professional career, they lost their son. Praise the Lord. Are you there? You have lost your child. He lost his son. And then his business collapsed in 1971. Fire burnt all his real estate property. Have you had any lost property investment? He lost that. And then in 1873, being a good husband, he said, this is too much for you to bear. Let's go on a vacation. Honey, put them on a boat, go to England with the kids. With the remaining four boys, he stayed back to do some business. Some days back later, he got a message. The hits had a collision. And the four daughters died. Only the wife survived. And she was taken to England. Then he got back on the ship. And said, let him go and meet his daughter. I mean, let him go and meet his wife. And when he went to meet his wife, that was when he was able to pen the words of the song. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billow rules. Whatever my lot, my God has told me to say, it is well with my soul. What a testimony. What a testimony. Has your loss been as bad as his? What you're going through, is it as, as worse as what he went through? One man. So we talk about Job, we talk about somebody else, and I can continue like that in examples. But he was able to say, it is well with your soul. Praise the Lord. That's the meaning of going through the fire. You might think yours is worse. Somebody has gone through us. Praise the Lord. Now, one of the things also we also had was additives are added into this. Inoculants are added into this. Okay? These things have to be removed to bring out the best in you. Okay? Now, what are the inoculants that have been added in your life? Your wife, your husband, <laughs> your children? Uh, believe me, one of the worst prayers I've asked, I prayed, I won't say it's the worst, it's a good prayer. He said, Lord, give me patience. And believe me, he will throw something for you that will try your patience. You might have that stubborn husband in the house. In quote, God is teaching you a lesson. You might have that nagging wife in, a, in your house. God is teaching you a lesson. You might have that child that does not want to listen to something. God is teaching you something. And as God is teaching something, he's teaching that child, he's teaching that wife, he's teaching that husband something. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Those are the things I've added out to bring out the dirt in our lives. To bring out the, the rubbish in our lives. So it can be scraped off. It can be scenarios. It can be situations. It can be challenges you face. But they're deliberate. They're deliberate. Praise the Lord. So I'll thank you for Brother Joji. He made us make a commitment to our wives. And he started with the men. I was making him, my wife was smiling. I said, yes. Say it louder. Let me hear. You know, and uh, I said it because I meant it. You know, I meant it. She has brought out the best in me. And she will continue bringing out the best in me. And I hope the same thing I'm doing to her. 
But one of those things, those inoculants that has been added into, the, into it, one secret about it, they have to be preheated. If they're not preheated, what will happen? Have you tried putting something cold in something that's hot? It will splash. The injury I told you about was because I was a novice. I was trying to clean the slag. Instead of me taking the metal from a preheated oven, I took a cold one. As I put it, it just splashed. In Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron. So man sharpens the continent. So you have to get someone around you that will sharpen you. Let's six, please. I'm, I'm, I'm rushing. It's repeated severally. I've said it several times. Until you get to where you are. Six, it's repeated severally. Jonah. Ask Jonah. Jonah went on a ship. He went somewhere else. He capsized. He ended up in a whale. He came to land. He was still angry. He had a shade. The shade left. God was taking Jonah somewhere. Number seven, it's poured in a mold. God will pour you in a mold to see how you'll be. And sometimes, number eight is, you have to mechanically work these things. So you have to, maybe you're pressing it, you're forging it, you're doing so many things. But this is also at a high temperature. As God is dealing with you on that plateau, you're facing so many things that are coming up, trying to shape you. There are multiple things you're juggling at the same time. God is doing it for a purpose. And after that, sometimes, suddenly, we'll just quench you. You reach a high and you come down. Isn't it? Who has been there? Highs and lows. But there's one part I also like. After all this thing has been cast in the mold, it's asked to rest. And we call it stress relieving. Stress relieving. And you go to Psalms 46 verse 10. It says, be still, I know I'm God. I will be exalted among all the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. There are some things at times that all is required is for you just to be still. I know I am God. There are sometimes there's no need for action. If God has given you a word, there's times you just need to be still. I've learned the hard way in that. Time in my life, I had six months, I was waiting something desperately, I was all over the place. I had that six months to elapse before I could get what I wanted. Because God was trying to tell me, be still. I know I'm God. Kids, what are you going through? That you cannot commit to God. Or God is asking you to be still. I know he's God. Praise the Lord. At the end of this process, the gold has to be tested. Okay? The gold will be tested. Of course, we will tell you whether you have carrots, 19, 14, 18. Please, next slide, please. Okay, it's there. 19, 14, 18, or 24 carat, meaning 37, 55.8, 75, 89, gold represents it. Now, how do you do the testing of gold? There's a certain particular rock, you scratch it on the gold, and it's tested with acid. That's where the word came, acid test came into play. You put nitric acid, first of all, it doesn't go, you have gold. You have, a, have to add, add hydrochloric acid, and then when it goes, then you know that you have pure gold. But after going through all this process, you will be tested. You will be tested. Job 23.10 tells what? Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, 
a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. For the alcoholic that wants to give, let go of a drinking, and you have gotten somewhere in your journey with Christ, there will be an avenue for you to be enticed with alcohol. For the adulterer, fornicator, there will be a chance that they will say, yes, they will try you. But in that test, you have to overcome it. The one that's a thief, there will be opportunity. The devil will not send someone that has no affinity for alcohol. He will never send alcohol to that person. He will try and, he'll try and get to the place where is your weakness, the weakness that you have. Don't forget, in Luke, if you check the, uh, the Gospels, Jesus also was tempted. He was put to the test. So if my Jesus Christ can be tested, who am I not to be tested? Who am I not to be tested? So you're going through a process, you will be tested at any interval. And God is looking at your heart. How are you going to react in that situation? My child is sick. Why am I going to react? Am I going to look up to God? Am I going to go to hospital immediately? Those are all tests. Those are tests that we must pass. And I want to tell you, my brethren, this life we're going through is going to be full of tests. It's a process. It's a process. But one of the things is, also, as part of that process, there's a warning. Number 12 is a warning. It can be hazardous to the environment. If you don't believe me, ask Pharaoh if you see him. Me, I won't see him because I'll be in heaven. Ask Pharaoh. You'll find out your environment where God is dealing with you can be hazardous. Jonah went on a boat that almost capsized because of Jonah. The people there were added baggage. My only problem is I pray that you will not be stopping someone's destiny in Jesus' name. Because if you are, you're living on dangerous grounds. Part of the process we saw, we have leaching. They use cyanide to bring out the gold. That cyanide is, cyanide is something that is very, very poisonous. It's very, very dangerous. It can affect the environment. It can affect the environment. So if you see God dealing with somebody, make sure you're doing what God asks you to do in that person's life. If you're not doing what God asks you to do in that person's life, God can remove you. I'm here to tell you, God can remove you. And when I say remove, I mean permanently. Because the destiny of that fellow is very important to God. So don't be against the move of God in someone's life. One of the things is, you have churches that people go and back. And sometimes you see pastors not releasing people to go. You're not releasing the person to go. You don't know what the person's destiny is. The person will stay back. But your ministry can go down. Because you're opposing God's will in somebody's life. Because you have authority over him. The same thing with your children. They want to come to church. They want to be involved in this. You're stopping them. No. You have to support. You have to move in that direction. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Now, of course, we have properties of gold. Please, next slide, please. There's so many things. I'll just try and put them. They're resistant to most acids. They're malleable, non-toxic. It's inert, heavy density, soft, good conductors. Those are all good characteristics of gold. I mean, heavy, it's what is weight, it's soft, it's inert, non-toxic, malleable, you can move it. But all these properties that gold has is found in one verse. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Whatever you're going through in your life, God wants you to get there. Whatever facet it is, look at it. Whatever you're going through in your life, God wants you to have those attributes, to have the fruits of the Spirit. You can say, what does my career has got to do with this? I don't have a job. What has it got to do with this? Long-suffering. Are you kind? What are, what are that? Do you have any love inside you? Our all makings is God for us to be able to have these fruits of the Spirit. In as much as gold has those properties, this is the properties of what God is expecting and making in our lives. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, what are the uses of gold? Gold is meant to be showcased and not kept hidden. Is your savings as in coins or in jewelry? Surprisingly, surprisingly, there's a time I'm, in my house I used to refer to it called the great gold debates. We were thinking about saving. My wife said we should save in gold. I said, yes, good, good, saving gold. We can put it into gold bars and put it. Say, no, 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 no. It has to be in jewelry. <laughs> and uh, being uh, having a wife as a lawyer, you can't argue too much, you know. I, I said, okay, but it brought out to me that jewelry it has to be showcased. Gold is meant to be showcased. If God has made us to be like gold, or better than gold, he has refined us. He wants to show us out. Follow me, please. Go to Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp, but put it on a basket, but on a lampstand, and gives it light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. At the end of your process, God wants to showcase you. God wants to showcase your testimony. And that's why I believe in testimonies. People will come here and they'll say, this is what God has done. He's showcasing himself. And everybody has Something to showcase about what God has done in his life. Because we're in a process. The man that was blind that we could see. He knew I need to heal this man because this man will go and showcase what he has done for you. Have you showcased what God has done in your life for you? After you have gone through everything, have you showcased what God has done for you? That's the ultimate purpose of us being a work in progress. Number two, gold is made to add value. For example, aesthetics, gold plating, increase conductivity or malleability. 
So I don't see that graph there, but you have different, the upper part you have gold, the other part you have reddish, white gold. Ladies, you might know this, but it depends whether you mix it with silver or whether you mix it up with copper. But it's meant to add value. Whatever God has taken you through is for you to add value to the body of Christ. Pastor Sean said something very, very, very important. This parting words. Well, I say it's vacation parting words. Let's put it that way. He said, find your space in the body of Christ. I can see so many people that are not working in any department in the church. What value are you adding to the, to the kingdom of God? If I ask you part of your goals and objectives, your boss asks you, what value are you adding to my company? A lot of us will write almost three pages. But I ask you now, what value are you adding to the kingdom of God? What value? You might think, oh, my job does not require me to add value or whatever it is. But wherever you are, God has put you in that place to add value. You might be in a place that you don't like working. But God has specifically located you there to add value. I was in a meeting about a few weeks back and it was a testimony. Somewhere in the GCC, I'll just kind of keep it a little vague. There was a house help in a palace. Born again believer. And she was there. What value is she going to add in the palace of a king and a queen. The first value is she started praying for the kids that she's taking care of. She was praying. She's born again. She was praying. She was praying every night. The kids, she goes to put them into bed. She puts her hands on them and she prays for them. She's a house help. And after praying for them, she started having a fellowship. And the queen came and asked her, what are you people doing every day? And said, we're praying. And the queen said, okay, please continue to pray. Hey, cook, make sure you provide meals for them. And from a small group of five, it grew to hundreds of similar people that are working as maybe house helps or in those houses. Now, that's a quorum. Hundred. Now, imagine each one of them going to their various homes Praying for those homes. Praying for those, for those children. God has brought you for a purpose, regardless of where you find yourself. It's to add value. It's to add value. And if you don't add value, God can take you out. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So think about that. In your environment, whatever it is, why am I here, no man? I'm here to add value to the kingdom. Number, number, and it goes also in First Peter 1, 6 to 7. I don't have enough time to go through that. The gold is also an asset. 40% of it is used for global production as an investment. It's an asset. It's an asset. All right, let's go. Continue. I hope I'll have time to finish this. Reaction to the refining process. This is where it's very important. God is dealing with you, and the first thing you want to do is run away. You harden you become impurities. Your gold dims. You become introverted. I don't come to church anymore. What value are you doing on that? What is required when you're going through? I think it was during the night vigil. Was it uh, night vigil? Obedience. 
Please, obedience. Hebrews 5. Those he was son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. God was a son of God, but he learned to obey up to the point of death on the cross. Nothing, you have to persevere. You have to persevere in the place where you're going to. What are you going through that you want to run away from? Job 23 tense. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I'll come forth as gold. David always came back when he, when he, when he, when he sinned. My little boy, if, if, I, if I correct him, he's two and a half. If I correct him, he runs back to me and gives me a kiss. It's very, very beautiful. He doesn't, he doesn't frown. He runs back. He comes back and kisses me. Teenagers, how I wish you adopt that. Your parents scold you and you go and say, Mama, I'm sorry. That's the only way you can, you can melt their hearts. You can melt their hearts very easily. But most times they scold you and you go off and they go off. It doesn't hurt anything. Okay? Go to James 1-2. The verse is in James 1-2 and Hebrews 12-15. James 1-2 says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking not. And the same thing goes to Hebrews. I won't have time to go and read that of Hebrews. But don't run away from the work in progress that God is taking you through. There's something I've captioned, and to me, I'll usually say it. I'll rather be imperfect and remain in the house of God than perfect in the public world. I'll rather be imperfect and remain in the house of God than perfect in the public world. Some people will catch you. Oh, is that the kind of person that's going to church? Yes. Be in church. Your salvation will come in church. As my pastor will say, the church is not a societal club for the sorted, but a clinic for the sick. So I don't expect you to be perfect. It's only perfect people that come to church. Whatever you're going through, remain in the church. Whatever problem you're going through in your marital homes, remain in the church. Please remain in the church. Praise the Lord. My time is running out. Let's go. Charisms of a goldsmith. Quickly. So I can round up. He must be an expert. He works to perfection. Malachi 3.3 says, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and press them as gold. That they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. That is the characteristic of the person that is taking you to that process. He works to perfection. He's an expert. Number three. He perpetually works with eyes on the gold. Oh, I love this part. God's eyes is not taken off you. Whatever you're going through, his eyes are on you. His eyes are on you. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Know that know the flame scorch you. Imagine a goldsmith making gold and he's not looking. The gold can splash, it can go to a different direction. But God has promised us as someone that's going to purify us. His eye is on you. 
Night video, Pastor Sean was talking something. He said, God is faithful. He's faithful. Before our second son came, there was something I put on my DP then. I said, faithful God. Because I knew that's what he was in my life. Until the son was giving birth to and I said, faithful God. What has he said he's going to do that he has not done? You're going to university. You're going to college. What has God told you in your life that he cannot accomplish? Children at this, at this age, young teenagers, you can plan and agree with God where your future will lie. And you hold him to your words. Mark my words, you hold him to his words. And he will be faithful to you. Just remain faithful to him. He's a faithful God. His eyes are on the ball. Another thing also, he's honest and trustworthy. Part of what I'm talking. A goldsmith cannot steal his own gold. Can he steal his own gold? He's honest. He will tell you what it is. And lastly, only the goldsmith knows the finished product. Praise the Lord. I can't say the finished product. I don't know where God is taking you to. I don't know where God is taking me. You don't know where God is taking me to. It's only God that knows the finished product. And that last day will analyze where you're coming from, where you're going to, and the end product. I started up, I was going to read chemical engineering. I ended up a materials engineer. But God knew. God knew. God knew. You stand up and say, okay, this is the kind of wife I'm going to get married to. And you ended up with this wife. It's not this wife. That's the one that God has planned for you. That's God's plan for you. You just have to remain faithful in where he has found you to be. Praise the Lord. In conclusion, from beginning, where the oil was made, to the end, where you have gold, hopefully pure gold, what is God achieving? He's making us to his image, the image of the goldsmith, the image of Christ. Colossians 3.10 says, And I have put up the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of who he created him. With the fruit of the Spirit, God is trying to make us into his image. Romans 8.29.30 For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to conform to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Whoever whom he predestined, this he has also called, he, whom he called, this he has also justified. And who he has justified, this he also glorified. That is the summary of what I'm teaching today. God wants us to be made to his image. Pure gold, the image of the, of the goldsmith, starting from rock, up to the end. But I leave you with one thing. The process is never ending. Praise the Lord. The process is not ending. It's just face by face. It won't end until we meet him face to face. Praise the Lord. Whatever you go in life, until you meet him face to face, the process will not end. 
Because in his word, we have one guarantee. We have one guarantee. And it's my parting verse with you in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace are not evil. And to give you expected end. Just raise up on your feet. Just wherever you are, just say, Lord, give me the grace to remain obedient and to remain, to persevere as you're walking on my life. Just ask the Lord that as he's walking your life, as he's making you, he should preserve you. You should remain obedient to his work. Just lift up your voice and say, whatever challenges in your life is, I say, Lord, I will stick with you. Father Lord, I will stay with you. I will stay the course, Father Lord. That this message I have received today, Father Lord, I will stay with it. I will stay with it. I will run with it, Father Lord. Because Lord, I want to be like your image. I want to grow to be like you. I want to be more like you every day. Just lift up your voices. Just make a commitment. Make a commitment and say, Lord, I understand now. I understand what you're doing in my life, Father Lord. Continue to talk to the Lord. Continue to make that commitment. But I also want you to look at your own life. Gold. The end product is pure gold. The starting point is rock. Mud, rock, sand. There is a process. There is a road to pure gold which starts from muck, rod, sand. That's where it starts. Now, where in that road are you? In which stage of that process are you? You need to look at your own life. You need to look at your own life because there are times when you have to be sieved through a sieve. There are times when there are additions that are made into your life and you can't discard them. You need them. There are times when the process gets repeated and sometimes you go through the same thing again and again. Where are you right now? There are times when you have to be poured out into a mold. But through it all, it's under heat. Trials, difficulties are part of making you into pure gold. That's where God wants you to be. That's where God wants you to be. Pure gold. And remember, God knows what pure gold is. In Revelation, you will read that the streets in heaven are made of pure gold. God knows what it is. At which stage of the process are you? Talk to God. Talk to God. Because if you have moved away, if you have meandered from that road, if you have 
stuck off, struck off on some other path, tell God that you need to come back because you need to be molded into pure gold. I need to be molded into pure gold. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be. You have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is what you and I should be doing. That is what you and I are meant to do. Praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that in this face of life, you are molding us, you are making us, you are testing us. And yet, through it all, your eyes are upon us, Lord. And Father God, we are grateful. We are grateful that we are not lost, Lord, because in that process of making us who you want us to be, your eyes are never leaving us, Lord Father. You are always watching us, Lord Father. And thank you, Lord, that you have reminded us again that it is you who wants us to be pure gold. It is you who wants us to reach that stage of perfection, Lord, which we shall when we see you face to face. Father God, through this process, keep your eyes upon us, Lord. Keep your eyes upon us, Lord. Father, we cannot be in a situation where your eyes are not upon us, Lord. We will be lost. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you have reminded us that your eyes are always upon us. And in this process, help us to honor you, Lord. Not to curse you, not to be frustrated, Lord, when things don't work out well. But to glory, to praise you, to honor you, Lord, at all times. Because yes, Lord, through it all, even though the now may be a time of trial, the tomorrow is pure gold. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, that that is the portion for every one of us here, Lord Father. That every one of us is on that road to being pure gold, Lord. And in due time, when we stand in front of you, you will see us perfect, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. You have spoken to us through your servant this day, Lord, Father. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to endow him with great wisdom, Lord, Father. Anoint him, Lord, Father, so that he will bring us greater truth from your word, Lord, Father. Bless him and his family, Lord, Father. We commit them into your hands. We thank you, Lord, Father, for who they are. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless them mightily, Lord, Father. Father, we thank you for every one of us here, Lord Father. Father God, whatever stage of life we are in, Lord Father, help us to remain that road towards pure gold, Lord. Father God, pray, Lord, that we will never meander away from you, Lord Father, and that we will always be focused on you, just as you are focused on us, Lord. Thank you, Father God. We commit ourselves into your hands, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that you will guide, guard, and lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit 
be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.